Okay, thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who is joining. I just want to take myself off of spotlight for me. Okay, okay. Uh, shalom uvracha to everybody. Welcome to our special Rosh Chodesh Kislev pre-Hanukashir from Masara Baltimore. And um, like Andrew Shulman announced, I look forward to learning with all of you this evening. Let me thank all the sponsors. And I also look forward to learning with you, Ba'azar Hashem, this coming Motsi Shabbat. Um, so I look forward to both of these opportunities to share the Torah, one virtually. Uh, tonight's topic is Hanukkah, Kislev, Minyani Dioma. Motsi Shabbat, we will be discussing unity, and the aspect of all coming together as one, as a merit to bring the Gula. So let us begin with our share this evening. I'm going to begin by screen sharing. We're going to begin in the Gemara, where the Gemara, actually I want to lower my volume so we don't hear any pings that comes in. I want to begin in the Gemara, where the Gemara speaks about the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. We know in the Chumash itself, is there a reference to Hanukkah? There is no outright mitzvah de Oraisa where you can find a reference to Hanukkah. It is a mitzvah de Rabbanan. You can't open up the Chumash, you know, when the Chumash goes through all the Chagim in the Jewish calendar year, you can't open up and say, here's Hanukkah. So we're going to be starting with the Gemara. We are going to be going to a number of different places of Chumash together. I'm going to screen share with you. Actually, I just thought of one thing that I want to show you together on the screen that I had not even had thought of in the beginning when I was preparing. So it's not in the hand that I prepare for you, but I'm just going to take you to say for Barashas very quickly. Is there, in fact, an allusion to Hanukkah at all? I started share by saying there is no Mitzvah de Raisa to celebrate the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. You can't open up the Chumash and find a reference to Hanukkah. Well, no. Can I open up the Chumash and find an explicit command to celebrate the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, like Rosh Hashanah, like um, Yom HaKippurim, like Chaka Sukkot? Those are referenced in Chaka Pesach, of course, in the Chumash. But where is there an allusion to Hanukkah in the Chumash? So with that, I will screen share. It's not in the handout that I prepared for you because I didn't think of it while I was preparing Shir. Didn't have any money to share, but now I do. So we see if we go to Safer Brashir, right in the beginning of... Um, I'm just trying to find the pointer here. Oh, it's on the side. It's a little bit moved. One second. Sorry, I'm used to... Here we go. Draw. Do I want to draw? I just want the pointer. <laughs> um... Um, oh, that's what I wanted. My goodness. Okay, but now it's stop. I'm going to stop screen sharing. Let me try this one more time. I don't know if it's the Zoom account that's a little different or more updated than what I have. Let me try this again. Am I screen sharing Boracious 1 1? Yes. Okay, thank you. Forget the pointer. When I go like this, can you see that I highlighted? Okay, good. Let's go back to share. Where is there a reference or an allusion to Hanukkah in the Chumash? It is not in our Mitzvah So if you look at the very beginning, we know that every single thing that happens in Chumash is not an accident, not the letters, not the context, not the trop, the nekudo, the tradition of how we read the words, not when two things are put one after another, not when the first time a word appears. It is very significant the first time a word appears in Chumash. Barakim Esa Shemai Vesa, all right, in the beginning, Elkim created the heavens 
on the earth. We are living in a day and age right now. In Kislev Tavshim Peidaler, the world is tohu vavohu. And the world is full of chaos and primordial darkness. And there's only this thick darkness over the surface of the deep. And I would venture to say that unless someone is living on planet Mars, you feel the sense of living in a world of tohu v'vohu, and there's tremendous choshech al p'nei And the only thing that was there was the surface of God hovering over the spirit of the water. What changes everything from this moment, this not moment, what changes everything from an existence of tohu v'vohu, chaos and void, and darkness over the service of, service of the deep. And there was light. And so you see that the first thing that Elohim created is really speech, but the first manifestation of Maisa Barishas was or light. And without light, the world cannot exist. Without light, the world will be sucked into this Tohu Vavohu and Choshech. And it would be utterly obliterated. It happens to be, and it's not an accident, that the 25th word of Chumbesh is or. You can't. Barishis, Barlokim, Esa, Shemai, Vesar, it's at seven. Barat's Haisa, Sohu, Vavo, Vachoshech, Alpine, Tohom, Ruach, Elkim, Rechavis, Alpine, Hamayim, that's 21. Bayom, Elkim, he or, it's 25th word. Or is the 25th word of Torah. It's not an accident because not one single thing in Chumash is an accident because Chanukah is the Yom Tov of Or that begins on Choth Hei Kislev, 25 Kislev, that introduces tremendous light into a very, very dark world. So if in the past we felt that the world is dark because of personal national nationos, I'd venture to say that this Kislev, we feel that the work, world is more dark than ever before. And now, so there, is there an allusion to Chanukah in the Chumash? Yes, there is. Where or the first time the word or appears, and Hanukkah is of course the Yom Tov of Or. The first time the word light or appears is in Sefer Barishas, the 25th word, because Hanukkah falls on the 25th of Kisav. There is your biblical allusion, a remez to the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. And now I am going to the Gemara. Let us now go into the Gemara. Here we go. Okay, so could you see it? The Sabbath says Shabbos 21b. Okay, I want to try and do the pointer one more time. I don't know why I couldn't do it. I always teach with a pointer and I find it to be very helpful. Just give me, it's not working, why? Forget it. Forget it. I don't want to take the time. I don't know why it's not working. The Gemara tells us, Masecha Shabbos Chof Alf Amad Beis. Tana Rabbana, the Rabbis Tana Brais, from Mitzvah's Chanukah near Yishu Beiso. The Mitzvah of lighting the Chanukah, the most basic fulfillment of the Mitzvah, is near Yishu Beiso. That there is a candle for one candle, for one for the head of the household and his whole household. So in other words, on every night of Hanukkah, the head of the household lights one candle and he is Yotze, the whole household. That's what the Gemara says. But a more muhudar, a more special, a more beautiful way of fulfilling this mitzvah is that every person lights their own candle. Now, this does not resemble what we do because our adventure to say that there is nobody who only lights one Hanukkah on every night of Hanukkah. That's not what we do, but the Gemara says that's the most basic level of fulfillment near Yishu Beso. There's a nair for every person in this household. Ah, oh, mahajan way of doing it is there's a nair for each and every person in the household. So Beishamai says, ah, oh, the most mahajan, mena mahajan way of fulfilling the mitzvah, the most optimal way 
of being enhancing the mitzvah is on the first night you light eight, and then you subsequently decrease with every night, which means on the last night you'll be lighting one. That is also not how we light. Beis Hillel says, on the first night you light one, from there on you increase with every night that ascends. And that's exactly what we do. So we paskin like Beis Hillel, which is that on the first night that you light one, every night you increase a lucht, and therefore on the last night you will have a Hanukkah as an acronym for Chas Neiros Halacha Kebeis Hillel. Chanukah Chas Neiros we light eight lamps, but the halacha falls beiselo, not beishamay. Beishamay says you decrease from eight to one. Beishelo says you increase from one to eight. That sounds very familiar to us because that is in fact how we pass. And now the Gemara continues, and the Gemara says, "I'm still on Shabbos." Chaf Aleph, I'm a base. Ma yichanaka, the Tanur Rabbanu. What is Chanaka? The Rabbis taught in the Brisa. But Chaf Hey bekislev, you made the Chanaka. And Chaf Hey and Kislev, it is the. It's coming out very, very rapidly, believe it or not. In all over two weeks. So the Chachamim said, we are not allowed to give and we do not fast during these days of Chanukah. So there's no Hesped and there's no fasting. Why? Because it has the status of a Yom Tov. Now the Gemara tells us the history of the Yom Tov of Chanukah. We're talking about Basman Bayes Shaini. When the Syrian Greeks controlled the land, and Antiochus and his army came to battle on Israel, and there was great Tohu Vavohu, there was complete spiritual wasteland. Many of the Jews were Misyavni, and they had become the Hellenized Jews, the assimilated Jews. They went over to the other side. There was a strong time of assimilation. People were forgetting Torah. I mean, of course, that the Yavanim wanted to uproot Torah mitzvahs from Kaisal. And there's a mitzvah, De'oraisa, to light the menorah every day, the Mishkan slash Beta Mikdash. Not like we light eight nights a year. There's a mitzvah every evening that the Kohen would light the lamp in the Beta Mikdash in the golden menorah, which stood in the section called the Heichel. There were three golden implements. There was the golden menorah, the golden shulchan for the lachma panim showbread, and the golden altar, the mizbech hazahaf for the ktoris, the incense spices. Now, when did they light the menorah? Every single night, v'shem and zayizach. That's why the most pure kind of most mechuder material to use for lighting your Hanukkah is pure olive oil, because this is what they used in the Mishkan slash Beit HaMikdash. However, the Yavadim wanted to root out the ore. They wanted us to live in Tohu Vavohu. The world today wants us to live in Tohu Vavohu. And when the Yavanim entered the sanctuary, they defiled all the oils that were in the sanctuary. So what would happen? They could not no longer bring, they could no longer light the menorah. When did they light the menorah? Every night they had to light the menorah. And when the house of the Chashmonaim, which was the family of Kohanim, when they had the upper hand and they were victorious and they want to push away the Tohu Vavohu from the world, could we just imagine a day when the Tohu Vavohu will be decimated from our world? 
And so this is the story you all know, but it's not just the story. It's brought down for you in the Gemara. So they come in and they check and it is complete a disaster. We know that the Yavanim brought at Salem and Abu Dazara into the Beit HaMikdash. Everything was overturned. They actually stole the golden menorah and they had to reconstruct a tin menorah at that time, but they couldn't light the menorah. And they checked and they only found one flask of oil. That one flask of oil still had the seal of the Kohen Gadol. If the flask of oil was broken or the seal was not intact, you couldn't use that oil because you weren't insured that it was Shaman Zayizach. But how did they get Shaman Zayizach? So then they would squeeze the olives. The first extraction of oil was kosher la menorah. The second extraction was kosher menachus, but pasul menorah. There would be some sediment when they pressed the oils the second time. So that was kosher for the bring of the karba mincha, the flour offering that they had to mix with oil. You could use the second extraction of oil, which had some sediment from the olives. But the first extraction of oil, the first drops, the pure, clear oil that came out of the olives. Olives, of course, is one of the shivat minim devarim eight a ches ches aritzchito what is Zechamen? It is olive that gives oil. The first drop of oil was very necessary because it was instrumental for lighting the menorah in the Mishkan slash Beit HaMikdash. So it had to have a seal. And it's not enough to find the oil. It had to have a seal. There was only enough to light for one day. A big miracle was done, and they managed to light from that one pach shaman that only had enough oil for one day. They found one pach, a big nace was done, and they lived from it for eight days. The Shana Keres, the next year, along come the Chachamim, the next year, along come the Chachamim, and they established and they declared that these would, these eight days would be Yamim Tovim, literally translates as good days, festival days, holidays for Kaiser, with praise and thanksgiving to a Baruch Hu for the miracle of Hanukkah. We know we say halal, literally halal. Hoda'ah, we give thanks, and we have many mitzvahs and minhagim associated with these days of Hanukkah to remind us that that one pach shaman, a little bit of or, 25th word in the Chamesh, is enough to banish a tremendous amount of darkness in the times of the Yivanim Halavai. We should be able to say and see the fulfillment of Shasanisim Lavasinu Bayami Mehim Bazmanazat, the same miracle that happened for the Jews, and this is towards the end of the time of Bayashani, happened for them, it should happen for us. It is not an accident. Now we're going to go to the story of Yaakov Avinu. Why? Because the parashiot hashavua, the way they fall out, are not accidental. The fact that the varm is read every year, Erev Tisha B'Av, is not an accident. There are a number of reasons given, but it's not an accident. The fact that the Ashanan always read after Tisha B'Av is also not an accident. So the Parashiyot HaShuvah Nitzavim Vayelech is always read by the Asar Yimei Teshuvah. Always. Why? Because it talks about Minyan Ediyama, the mitzvah of Teshuvah. The varm speaks about the sin of the spies. The Ashanan speaks about Tefillah and the Nechama. So therefore, the Parashiyot HaShuvah are not an accident. It's not an accident that when we begin Kislev, we are always reading, always, the story of Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu. And by the time we get to Hanukkah, we are always reading the story of Yosef Hitzadik. So the Kasha is, that means there has to be a connection between these biblical patriarchs 
Yaakov. I know Yosef wasn't considered a patriarch like Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, but Menasha and Ephraim have the status of Shvatim, so Yosef's a little bit like enough. It's not an accident that Kislev introduces us to the life and trials of Yaakov, and Hanukkah takes us directly to the story of Yosef at Tzadik. So let us now look. The life and enemies of Yaakov Avinu, because there is a very important principle of Chazal. It is called anything that happened to the forefathers is a foreshadowing, a remez, a blueprint, a blueprint of what would happen to their children. The Ramban, Nachmanides, in his commentary to Chumash, uses this phrase in his commentary to Chumash, Perak Yud Beis Pasuk Vav, chapter 12, verse 6, in the book of Bereshus, and it speaks about Aram arriving in Eretz Canaan, Vaknani Eretz, the Ramban tells you, quoting the Medrash, that Sefer Bereshus, Kamash, Yerul Avos, whatever happened to the forefathers, to the patriarchs, to the biblical personalities of the book of Bereshus, is going to happen to us. That's why one of the names for Sefer Bereshus is Sefer Simanim. The book of Bereshus is known as Sefer Hayitzira. The book of formation or fashioning, because the whole world and Kaisal were formed or fashioned. It is known as Sefer HaYashar, the book of the straight, because the patriarchs were Yasharim. It is known as Sefer Bereshit, because that's the most common name based on the first word in the Chumash, but it's also known as Sefer Simanim. And the reason it's known as Sefer Simanim is because Bereshit is the blueprint of everything that will happen to us. I'm not talking about precious Bereshit. Safer Bereshus. So now let us look at the struggle. So currently we're journeying with who? Yaakov Avinu. Chodesh Kislev, Yaakov. In yesterday's, what's today? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. We just read in the Chumash, in the Torah, Kriyasa Torah and Shal. This Pasuk from Safer Bereshus. One second. There's a lot of static on my computer. That's not in my control. But if I do something, it's going to make it. I don't know if you hear it, but I hear it. One second. Okay, okay. So the so the pasuk tells us towards the end of Parshas Toldos. We're not going to go through the whole Toldos. In Toldos, Yaakov and Esav are born. Remember, it was just Rosh Chodesh Kislev last Tuesday. And who's born? The first Parsha in Chodesh Kislev. Yaakov Avinu. We start with the life of Yaakov, but we start with the month of Kislev. This is not an accident. Nothing in Chomesh, nothing in Yahados, nothing in the Rabban Shalom's plan is an accident. So after Esau sells the Bechorah for a pot of lentil stew, and Esau chooses to be a hunter, a murderer, a womanizer, a robber, a stealer, a killer, Rivka orchestrates that Yaakov should receive the blessings instead of Esau first. He does not want the Bechorah and the rights of the Bechorah. She understands she is on a very high level and understands something that Yitzchak cannot see, pun intended, because his eyesight is dim. And that is that Yaakov must get the Bechorah. So she dresses him up in Esau's hunting garments, hairy neck, hairy hands. He goes to get the Bracha first. When Esau comes in and recognizes that his brother took the Brachos first, even though he already sold the Bechorah, all of a sudden he's having Chorata. But what is the Pasuk saying? This is just for our sure what we need to focus on. Esau harbored hatred towards Yaakov for the blessing the father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, and Parshas told us, really in Parak Chof Vav, 
but also in the hatred of Esau, we meet what is known as anti-Semitism really for the first time, and Precious told us. And it just so happens to be that in the Chodesh of Kislev, when we celebrate our triumph over our enemies, we are introduced to the biblical figure of Yaakov Avinu. And what is the first thing, not the first thing we know, but what do we know as the parasha comes to a close? And Esau harbors resentment towards Yaakov over the blessing the father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, when the days of mourning come close for father, meaning when Yitzchak dies, because we know Esau excelled in Kibbutz of Aim, he takes an oath, I am going to murder my brother Yaakov. That is in the Sedra that we just read in Toldos. And then we come to Vayetze. In Vayetze, one second, please. In Vayetze, we meet another enemy of Yaakov. Who is the enemy of Yaakov that we meet in Vayetze? Lavan. I'm not going to go through the piece now, but Salvechik has a whole essay where he speaks about Lavan proves, and I quote, the hatred of the Jew can reach psychopathic proportions. Salvechik says, Lavan's hatred for Yaakov proved that the hatred of the Jew can reach psychopathic proportions. The Rav says that Lavan was willing to kill his own daughters, Rivka. Not Rivka, what am I saying? He was willing to kill his, oh, that's his sister, his own daughters, Rachel and Leah, Bilha and Zilpah, and his own grandchildren. If it meant he would annihilate who? Yaakov Avinu. So this is a whole new degree of an enemy. This is an enemy who's willing to lose out personally, to destroy their own personal selves if it means destroying Yaakov. And this enemy is also Rahman al-Islan, alive and well today. And now we go from Toldos, with which we begin the month of Kislev, Esau's hatred and vowing to kill Yaakov's brother. Now we come to Vayetzi. We're skipping ahead. And Vayetzi, Yaakov has this famous dream. He meets Rachel by the well. He works for seven years. He marries, mayor, he marries Leah, Zilpah, Rachel, Bilha. All of his children are born, except for Binyamin, who is born in Paraklamid Hay. All of his sons, including Dina, aside from Binyamin, are born. He wants to go home. And he knows that Lavan, who has kept him there for 20 years, will never allow him to simply go home. It is Pikuach Nevesh. He has to run away to save his life and the life of his family. Yaakov knows if he asks permission, just like what happened after Yosef was born, Lavan's never going to give him permission. Why would Lavan let him leave? Just like the Nazis closed the door and they didn't let the Jews leave. Just like the communist Russia closed the door and they didn't let the Jews leave. Why should we let you leave? We have to remember the Ramban's principle. When you look at the Chumash with the proper eyes, this is a blueprint and a platform of what we live through. Lavan doesn't want to let him leave. So Yaakov has to run away. He doesn't tell Lavan, you know, please, could I go? Lavan's going to say, I'm closing the gates. No, you can't go. So he runs away. He takes his family, his wives, his children, his possessions, his sheep that he worked six years for. He runs away. And Lavan is told on the third day that Yaakov ran away. He borrowed Yaakov. And Lavan takes his family, his army, his children, his brothers, his sons, and he runs after Yaakov and he catches up with him at Haragilat. Rav Salvechik says, if God felt it necessary to appear to love on the Russia in night visions, it means that Lavan wanted to annihilate Yaakov. Why would Hashem give love on Nevuah? Why would he give love on this degree of Ruach HaKodesh? That means because he wants to kill Yaakov and his whole family. 
And I will come up here to Lavan in night visions. And he says to him, he shamelacha, be very careful. Stay away from Yaakov. He catches up. Lavan catches up with Yaakov. And Lavan says, I skipped, right? Those were Psukim Chaf through Chaf Dalad in Sefer Bishis Paraklamadaf. Again, we went through the parasha. We went through the Pasuk that I wanted to show you, Precious told us, which we just read yesterday. Today is Sunday evening. Now we see that Esav hates Yaakov. He harbors the resentment in his heart and he takes a vow. My life will not end till I kill my brother. And we come to this coming week's parasha. And Yaakov goes from the lion's den, lion A, into lion den B. He goes from Eshav to Lavan. And the fact that Elohim had to appear to Lavan to warn him, says of salvation, means that Lavan wanted to, what do we say in the Haggadah? Lavan bikesh la'akor es hakol. Lavan bikesh la'akor es hakol. Lavan wanted to destroy Yaakov's entire family. And God comes to warn him and he says, don't speak to him. And when Lavan catches up, with Yaakov, what does he say? The claim of the non-Jew towards the Jew. Your those daughters, your wives, they're mine. Your children, they're mine. Your flocks are mine. Everything you have is mine. You stole everything from me. Nothing belongs to you. What can I do to these daughters of mine and to their children whom they have born? So Yaakov Avinu, of all the others, needs to deal the most with the phenomenon of what we call today anti-Semitism. The hatred of others for him. He flees from Esau at the end of Perich of Ches, we just read on Shabbos. His father calls him and he says, you have to run away. Your brother wants to kill you. His mother says, when your brother's wrath subsides, I will send for you. He has to run away for many years. 14 years in Shem, 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 20 years by Lavan. When he goes from one Golos Esau to another Golos Lavan. And then we come to next week's Parsha by Yishlach. So we're going looking at three weeks in a row. Toldos, Vayetze, Vayishlach. In Parsha's Vayishlach, Finally, Yaakov was coming home. He managed to flee from Lavan. And Hashem said to Lavan, don't do anything. And he's finally coming home. And he has a whole family to protect. And once again, he's very scared of Esau. Esau to Lavan, Lavan to Esau. But along the way of being scared of Esau, he meets another enemy. And this is not a regular enemy. It's not a bus of a dog. It is a superpower. It is the Sar Shal Esav Say Chazal. This is all Kislev. It is not an accident. Do you understand? It's not just Stam. We happen to read these parshas, and it happens to be Chodesh Kislev. Rabim Biad Ma'atim. Reshaim Biad Sadikim. Zaydim Biad Oske Torah Secha. Who saves the righteous from the wicked, when he saves the few from the hands of the many, when he saves the pure from the hands of the sinners, he makes for himself a very great name. Yaakov's story is our story, and we're living it today. And if we ever thought that Gauls was coming through, I'm not sure how we did. We did. We thought Gauls was coming through. We have had a very rude awakening today. Everything you have is mine. Those daughters, they're mine. Your children, they're mine. Your possessions, your wealth, your flocks, your car, your homes, your bank account, your painting, it's mine. 
And then he goes from love into Esav. And he's afraid. He's going to meet Esav. He doesn't know what Esav is going to kill him. The messengers come back and they say, we have news for you. Esav's coming with 400 men. But the night before he meets Esav, by Yavasar Yaakov Levado, we're in three parashios, told us, told us we just read, Vayetze is coming, Vayishlach is next week, and then we're going to get to Yosef, who's the Hanukkah Jew. Unbelievable. Torah is a blueprint for our lives in every millennia, in all time. From the beginning of time, Abiyas Goldsad. Like, what's going to happen then? I'm not sure. Yaakov is left all alone. This is where we're going to be this coming Shabbos. But then the Paraclama beast. He's preparing his whole family for confrontation. So he moves them over the river Yabok. He forgot some Pachim Kitanim. Pach Shaman. Not an accident. Why did he go back over the river Yabok? He crossed his whole family, the Jabok Fort. Oh, Kazal say, he forgot some Pachim Kitanim. Pach. Pachim. Was little Pach Shemen, the Pach Shemen that Yaakov forgot was the Pach Shemen that the Chashmonaim found pure in the Beit Hamikdash. Another connection between these Parshiot and Chanukah. We just have to appreciate the richness of our calendar and the beauty of our Torah. We don't have random, arbitrary second to last Thursday in November. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving. It happens to be very strange that it always falls around the time that Leia names her son Yehuda, like every year. It's very strange. But we don't just pick a random day on the calendar and say, now we're going to have a yontif. The days themselves are infused with Kedusha. The Rav has a whole piece on this. He goes back for Pachim Kitanim. We already saw in the Gemara. It's on exit. He went back for Pachim Kitanim, small little jugs. And there's a Kabbalistic teaching that those small little jugs were the Pach Shaman that the Chashmonai found and the Beit HaMikdash. He's fighting enemies, they're fighting enemies, and guess what? We're fighting enemies. On his way back to meeting Esav, he's left all alone. And when a Jew is alone, says the Das King Baltosfos, he's susceptible to the enemy. That's what Das King Baltosfos says here. Why was Yaakov weak? Why was he able to be attacked by the enemy? Because he was alone. That's Moti Shabbos topic. Achdus, but just an akuda. And a man wrestles with him to the morning dawn. Who's wrestling with him? A man? He wants a pachim k'tanim? A robber? The parish Razal says, Rashi, shuhu saro shal Esav. It's Esav's superpower. It's not enough that he went from Esav to Lavan and Lavan to Esav. It's the superpower of Esav. Bayar kilo yachalo. And this angel sees that Yaakov refuses to give up. The tenacity of the Jew is that even if he's fighting the entire night, he refuses to give up. So he strikes the, th- the, the socket of the thigh bone and it's dislocated. All of a sudden the angel says, send me. The sun has risen. I have to go. Dawn has broken. Yaakov says, I will not send you to give me a bracha. And he says, what's your name? And he says, Yaakov. And he says, you won't be Yaakov anymore, Yisrael. You're now going to be called something else. So notice we are not called Yaakov, which means here we are called Yisrael. Kisarisa, you have striven, you have wrestled, you have fought mightily in the spiritual realm. Im Elokim, we don't fight with God. It means we have striven in the spiritual realm. The Imanashim, we strive on the physical realm. This Pasuk identifies two different battles. I love Torah. This Pasuk identifies two different battles. I mean, like everything's in here. Really? Everything's in here. 
This Pasuk identifies the two different battles that Am Yisrael must face. The Bnei Yaakov, the Bnei Yisrael. Remember we said, I mean, I stressed that already 10 times, so I don't know how you could not remember, but these parashios open up Kisif. And they're always, when we come to Hanukkah, always means always with a capital A, by Yosef. There are two kinds of enemies that rise to destroy us. And I know you all know this because everybody knows it, but you see it right here in the Chumash. What are the two enemies that rise up to destroy us? The physical enemies who rise to destroy us. Iman Hashim. Iman Hashim represents physicality. The people who rise up to destroy us. Esau. We just read it yesterday. He physically wants to destroy Yaakov. What does Lavan want to do when, Esau, when Yaakov is running away this coming week's parasha? What? You have nothing. Lavan says to the Jew, it's all mine. Only God's intervention stopped Lavan from destroying Yaakov. There is, and why are we called Yisrael? Because the angel says, you know why you're called Yisrael? Because on the one hand, you fight in the physical realm. That's represented by Anashim. Anashim means man. It means a physical person. Physicality. You fight a physical battle where there They rise up to destroy us physically in every generation. I was watching this morning live stream revive one of the soldiers who fell on Shabbat in Har Herzl. After the Levaya, the mourners were singing songs. Ani Mamin, Oser Shalom Bermamvi, Sasha Malenu, Nachem Menachem Ami, Echenu Kabes Yisrael Hatikwa. They're seeing Ani Mamin, the mother was sitting on the floor by the head of the freshly dug grave of her 21 year old son. We fight battles with physical enemies who very much want to destroy us. We also fight battles, what does that mean? We don't fight battles with God. We fight battles, it means on the spiritual realm. There are those enemies who say, you can live with us. We don't want to physically destroy you. We want to spiritually annihilate you. So I know you've heard this. What's the chalish? It's in the Pasuk. It's right here. Why are we named the Bnei Yisrael? Why are we called the Bnei Yaakov? Kisarisa. Because in every generation, this Sar Shal Esav, this mysterious Ish, this heavenly superpower, this Sar Shal Esav has a name. You're not allowed to say his name. Someone once told me that many years ago. I was very surprised. I didn't know that. So I talked to Asra Vashai Shachter, and he said, there's something to it. You're really not supposed to say it. It's, I'm not going to say it. It's spelled, the angel of Esau is spelled Samich, then Mem, then Aleph, then Lamed. But who is he? The Mepharshim say he's the Malach HaMaves, the Satan, and the Yetzirah all wrapped in one. That's what the Mepharshim say. This angel of Esau has a name, Samich, then Mem, then Aleph, then Lamed, which apparently I didn't know a few years ago, but now I know. You're not supposed to say, so I won't say. You could spell it out for yourselves. He is the Malach HaMaves. That represents the physical battle. They want to physically destroy us. Death. But he's also the Yetzirah. And that represents the spiritual battle. Our enemies come in two forms. But what I'm showing you, you see it in the Pesukim. The angel says, Kisarisa im Elohim, spiritual realm. That's the aspect of Yetzirah slash Satan, of this heavenly superpower of Esau. 
but there is also the imanashim, those who physically want to destroy svatucha. I'm sure must know that yes, behold over door Amdi Malinu the Khalosenu, and sometimes it's a Khalosenu on the spiritual realm, sometimes it's a Khalosenu on the physical realm, but Tuchal, because Barhu Matsalina Miyata. The Alkum says, What's your name? Why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. This is going to be the partial we read Arab Hanukkah. Now when we get to Hanukkah, we're going to read about Yosef where we're going. Furthermore, in Parshas Vayeshach, we have a known halacha. We have many halachos. The Adus is full of halachos. Halachos that govern what you can eat, when you can eat, where you can eat, how you can eat. Mamish. Mamish. We have many halachos. And he finally meets Esau, and he doesn't know how it's going to go. After 20 years of being by Lavan, he went from the lion's uh, den of Esau to the lion's den of Lavan. He's trying to get back to Eretz Canaan, but he began me too. Esau, he's afraid. But along the way, he meets the Sarsha. He said, we've already looked at those Pesukim and understand that in those Pesukim, it details both kinds of enemies. Asa runs to meet him. This is in Vayishlach, Paraglamet Gimel Pasuk Dalid. Wow, Asa is so happy to see him. And Asa runs to meet him. And they hug, and he falls upon his neck, and he kisses him, and he cries. In the Sefer Torah, in the Chomesh, if you look, you will see that over Vayishakehu, there are dots. D-O-T-S. Dots. We have to expand the dots. Why are there dots over the word of Ayushakehu? So Rashi says, Nakudalav, there are dots. There are Zamachlokas. Chazal are of two different opinions. Why are there dots? I don't know why there's an A here. I don't know what that's from. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea why that's there. It's not usually there when I teach with Zoom. I've been using Zoom since the pandemic began. I don't know what's going on, but fine. You're with me. Yeah, I'm highlighting the text. Forget, let's ignore the A. It's the Yetzirah who's trying to distract us. There are those who say, you know why there's dots upon he kissed him? Because it was a half kiss. It was an empty kiss. He didn't really kiss him with all his heart. So the dots indicate this is not a true kiss. It's an external display of a kiss, but internally it doesn't feel anything. And you know, I want to tell you something. It's so appropriate that it's the Tana Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that teaches us this known halacha. Many of us know the halacha, but not many of us necessarily remember it's the Tana Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai who teaches us. Why is that so relevant? Because Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Shabbos Lamed Gimel Aleph, Masecha Shabbos 33, he had to hide in a cave for 12 and another extra 13 years because the Romans wanted to kill him. First, he hid in the base medrash, Shabbos 33. And then he says to his son, Rabbi Lazar, we have to go hide in a cave. Mother might tell the Romans if they find her in torture where we are. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai knows that this is a halacha, that is MS la amito. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Halacha yibi yadusha, Esau, son of the Yaakov. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, I want to tell you something. You know how I know this? Because I lived this. I lived in a time. I lived in a time of the Asar Ruge Machus. I lived in a time when Romans wanted to both wipe out, decimate us physically. They destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. They killed hundreds of thousands of Jews. They took many into captivity, but they also, 65 years after the Khorban, began the Asar Ruge Machus, which was against the spiritual leaders, the Rabbanim Torah. The Romans, this goddess we are in, this goddess Adam. By the way, who's Adam? Esau. How do we know? Because we just saw in Precious Todos. We're still in Esau's Golos now. 
Halacha doesn't mean I'm telling you some advice. It doesn't mean I think. It means you can't mix pasta with chalav. It means you have to keep taras and mishpacha. It means there are halachas of Shabbos. Halacha yibidiyu asheisav sonar Yaakov. I'm going to tell you another halacha. Says Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The halacha is esav hates Yaakov. Period. The end. Halacha yibidiyu. So why are there dots? Ela shenichmu racham abosa shon nashko becholiba. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says at this precise moment, Esav's mercy was aroused. He kissed Yaakov with a full heart. That's what Rishon Bar-Yachai says. But that was an aberration. It was an exception. Really, Esau hates Yaakov. This time he kissed him with a full heart, but that's an exception. We begin Kislev by learning about Yaakov's enemies who wanted to annihilate him, physically kill him. We went through Toldos. We didn't go through. We looked at the Psukim in certain Pasuk in Toldos. Vayetzei, Vayishlach. That teaches very clearly that Yaakov had many enemies to contend with. Wait, we didn't even get up to Shem. I didn't even go there. Paraklam Adalat. It's also Vayishlach. Another enemy who rises up to destroy the family of Yaakov. Should I put on my notes, but there wouldn't have been any time. Dina was taken. Dina was kidnapped. Dina was raped. Call Mashi Yerolavo Simon the Banim. We don't sanitize Torah to make it more to our liking. The Torah is very clear. Yaakov's life is full of enemies that want to destroy him. What do they want by Dina? Added to the list of the enemies who rise up to destroy us. They didn't want to kill Yaakov's family. But they said, let's enter into a marriage contract. My son Shem really loves your daughter Dina. We will take your daughters for us. We will give our daughters to you. We will be one big happy family. Spiritual annihilation. You will spiritually destroy you. Yaakov's enemies, for the most part, wanted to physically annihilate him. Primarily Esav and Lavan and Sarshal Esav. To physically kill him. With Yaakov's trials, you can see my notes. These are my own notes. We begin Chodesh Kislev. But we move from Yaakov to Yosef. And we move from the beginning of Kislev to the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. These are my own notes. Yosef is the Hanukkah Jew. His story is always read right before and during Hanukkah. What makes Yosef the Hanukkah Jew? When we talk about the Yavanim, they had a different goal. Even though many Jews died in the battle to restore the sanctity to the Beit HaMikdash. But the Yavanim wanted to do, and here I take you to Tehillim, Parak Lamed, Pesukim Aleph through base, which is a Pasuk that we say every morning in the Pesukim de Zimra, so it should be very familiar to you. Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis the David. Oh, well, this must have to have some allusion to Chanukah, because nothing in Tanakh is an accident. So if uses the word Chanukah, here we have another Ramez, this time from Ketuvim to Chanukah. I thank my friend who learns with me uh, in a number of different venues, Mrs. Bobby Feiner. She told me this insight many years ago. Um, and it's something that I find very impactful. Not many, like 20 or 10, but a bunch of years ago. And regarding Hanukkah from Tehillim Parak Lamed. Mizmar, Shir, a song, 
a psalm for a song. Chanukas habayis to David. Now Chanukah is all about the Chanukas habayis. That's exactly we began in the Gemara. No, we really began in the twenty-fifth word of Chumash. But then we went to the Gemara Masecha Shabbos twenty-one. Bichav Aleph Beis, and we saw that when they entered the sanctuary, they had to rededicate the sanctuary. It was destroyed. It was tumidic. It was completely impure. The enemies had defiled Timu as Kol Hashemanim. They defiled all the oils. They needed to make a Hanukkah Sabais for the base of Mikdash. Mizmar Shira, a song, um, a song for a song. Hard to translate words into uh, English that are not meant to be translated into English. Mizmar is from the word Zamer to prune, but we're not going to get into that now. Mizmar Shira, Hanukkah Sabais, the David. This capital has something to do with the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. And on the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, they needed to rededicate the temple, like we saw in the Gemara. I've sent a handout, Sandra. If anyone's interested, she could share with you, but you must be aware. I do not have time. I don't have uh, anyone helping me. I do not have time to take out the Shemus. There are Shemus on the source sheet. So if you choose to print them up, you must be very careful with them. Okay? Forewarning, please. I will laud you. I will glorify you, Hashem. You've raised me up from poverty. And Mrs. Bobby Feiner told me she first heard this insight from Rabbi who was, I believe, the head of the White Shul in Farakwe for many years, many, many decades. I will laud you, I will praise you, I will thank you, I will exalt you, Hashem. You've raised me up from poverty. My enemies did not rejoice over me. Simachto is an acronym. It stands for the mitzvahs that the Yavanim wanted to eradicate. Remember, we are understanding that Yaakov primarily had to deal with, primarily, physical annihilation. Yosef, why is it 850 already, has to deal with spiritual annihilation. Why are we called Yisrael Kisarisa? How is it that these parashiot are always read in Kisarisa Hanukkah? You think that's an accident? Nothing Hashem does is an accident. This is the story of Hanukkah. And guess what? We're living it today in our world right now. Today, the enemies want to not only physically destroy us, I'm Israel all over the world, and Eretz Israel, and Medina Israel, because Baruch is going to be Adam. They don't want there to be a Torah anymore. The they don't want there to be a Rebona Shah or them anymore in the world. Arim Hashem Kiddi stands for Sin is Shabbos. Mem is Mila, Ches is Chodesh, and Tav is Torah. Madam said, as long as you don't keep Shabbos, which symbolizes God in time, as long as you don't perform Bris Mila, which symbolizes the Kosh who owns our body, as long as you don't keep Rosh Chodesh, which symbolizes that time is sanctified and not profane, and Kosh Baruch Hu is the high Yehovah, he exists in all dimensions of time, that's Rosh Chodesh, and as long as you don't learn Torah, you can live with us. No problem. Below Simachto, Ivali Simachto, Akronim, Shabbos, Mila, Chodesh, Torah, Mizmoshir, Chanukah, Sabayis, the David. I will sing a song to you, Hashem, upon the rededication. We began in Shabbos, Chafal, Beis. I know we began in Bereshus. Because when there is a Chanukah space on Mikdash, we are rejoicing because the enemies did not wipe out Shabbos. They did not destroy Mila. They didn't wipe out Rosh Chodesh. And they certainly, Baruch Hashem, did not destroy Torah.
And that's why Rabbi Elio Kitov teaches in the Sefer Todah Book of Our Heritage. Gevaldik. There's always a Shabbos Hanukkah. Hanukkah is eight days because that corresponds to Mila. Hanukkah always includes Rosh Chodesh. There should always be Torah learning on Hanukkah. That's from Elio Kitov, Book of Our Heritage. Sefer Todah, Yom Tov of Hanukkah. Because what they wanted to destroy when we celebrate Hanukkah, it's not only about the donuts. Are they good? Yes, they're delicious. The chocolate coins, very nice. Hanukkah party is beautiful. If you have a tradition to give Hanukkah gifts, very nice. But understand that we are celebrating. Why is there always a Shabbos Hanukkah? Why is it eight days? Brismila, there's always a Rosh Chodesh. Tavis. We always learn Torah Hanukkah. Barashas Paraglamet test tells us the story of Yosef and Ashes Potiphar. Well, like we already said, Yosef is a Hanukkah Jew. You see my own notes here. His story, we go from Yaakov, Kislev, to Yosef, Hanukkah. Yaakov and Yosef, father and son, are the two of the Avod. And I know Avitzak Yaakov are the Avod, but Yosef has a semi-quasi status as of because Yaakov says on his deathbed, Ephraim v'shimon keruvein v'shimon, Ephraim v'manasha keruvein v'shimon yuli. We take Levi out of the count. Reuven and Ephraim and Menashe get chelik in Eretz Yisrael. They have a status of shvatim, and they're Yos- therefore Yosef has a status of quasi of. Yosef and Yaakov, or Yaakov and Yosef, father and son, out of all the other avos, represent this tremendous struggle against the enemies who want to destroy us. And that's why we read Davka, their stories, their lives. And we have to derive a tremendous strength from them. The enemies tried very hard to Yaakov, Esav, Lavan, Sarshal, Esav, Esav. And then we come to Yosef. In Paraklamites, in the book of Bereshus, an hour in Vayeshe, what a Gavaldic, Gavaldic, Gavaldic journey we're doing tonight. Toldos, Vayetze, Vayishlach, Vayeshe, Mahapti Sorasacha, Kolami Sichasi, Vayetze, Hakameni Mitzvasacha, Kili Olam Hili. If you look on Bereshus, which I don't have time, it just says here Bereshus 39, Vav through Chaf, Eshus Potifar. Again, you want the handouts, Gazintahai, but you got to be really careful with them. They have Shem Hashem. Bereshus. 39, Lamites. Aisha's Potiphar does not want to kill Yosef. Oh, she does after he refuses to sleep with her. But all she wants in the beginning is to seduce him. Every day she says, lay with me. So what I want to do is not go through the Pesukim and the Chumash just because there's no time, but it says on the hand of Bereshus Lamites, look it up. And Potiphar's wife lifts her eyes and she casts them upon Joseph. Come lay with me. Why would you want to keep Shabbos me the Chodesh Torah? She is the Yavanim. She is the one who says no Torah, no Mila, no Shabbos, no Chodesh. Shabbos, time is sanctity. Time does not have sanctity, she says. Mila, your body belongs to you, she says to Yosef. Do whatever you want. Sleep with whoever you want. Why does your body belong to God? Chodesh? You recognize the first mitzvah? I know it didn't happen out of order. That Kosh Baruch Hu gave Kaisa. You recognize that there's a higher hova v'hiya? Because Baruch Hu controls all aspects of time. Torah? Archaic, antiquated. Why would you live with them? It's a new world. Lay with me. 
And she devises a plan that when everybody goes out to celebrate on the not Jewish holiday in their temple, she says, oh, I got my period. I'm in the way of woman. I don't feel well. Bring me to Adva. I got to stay back. The Gemara and Masechus Yuma, Lamed Hayam and Beis, tells us about four different people who come to the Beis in Shamala. We don't have time for all four. We barely have time for this, but we're going to do it. The Rasha comes to the Beis in Shamala. Rasha Amrim Lo, Rasha comes up after 120 years. This Rasha comes up to Shemaim. So the Rasha says, what? No, so they say to the Rasha and the heavenly judgment, the wicked person, why Why didn't you learn Torah? The Gemara says they say to an Oni, a poor person, an Ashir, a rich person, and they say to the wicked person. We talked about Hillel, Rabbi Yasser, Charasim, Yosef. So they say to the Rasha, why didn't you busy yourself? Why? You didn't make any time for Torah? The whole day? You had excuses the whole day? You never made time for Torah? There are people like this. I feel bad for them. I honestly say to them, I really feel bad for people who don't make time for their talk. Obviously, I'm not talking about any of you. I'm a star of Baltimore because you're out here, Baruch Hashem. But never, there are people. Gee, you didn't. Unfortunately, it's sad. I feel bad. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. I really do feel bad. As well, show me if the Dav and the Yidin who do not know the beauty of Torah should come to see the light of Torah. Or 25th word, light. The Pnei Malo Asakta Torah. Why didn't you learn Torah? They say to the Rasha. He says, you know, not how you see the Torah be Yitzri. I was very beautiful. God, you made me very beautiful. I was so busy stoking my Yetzirah. I had to take care of my Yetzirah. I was a very handsome person. Amrim Lo, they say to him, Klum now, Yisam Yosef, were you any more beautiful than Yosef? The last Pasuk, right before Aisha's Potiphar casts her eyes upon Yosef, it says, Yosef Yosef was very beautiful. So this guy comes to Shemayim and they say, so I knew the Torah. He says, how should I learn Torah? I was so beautiful. I had to take care of my Yetzirah all day long. Running around with that woman and this woman, that one and this one. I'm so beautiful. You shouldn't have made me so beautiful, God. Then I won't be busy with my Yetzirah. They say, really, were you any more beautiful than Yosef? What kind of enemy did Yosef face? She didn't try and kill him. Esav, Lavan, Sarshal Esav. And then there's another kind of enemy. Shrem, Maisa Dina. Asha's Potiphar, communist Russia. Until very recently, assimilationist America. We all know that the assimilation rate, Hashem, Yazor, Vyagin, Vyoshia, amongst American Jews at large, is, I believe, 70%. A yid has to have the courage because we have enemies in both realms. We have a spiritual fight and we have a physical fight. No wonder, a person who conquers his inclination, his negative inclination, is even greater than someone who conquers a city. Every single day, Aisha's Potiphar would try and seduce him with words. Listen to this line. She changed twice a day. She was so seductive that the clothing she wore to seduce Yosef in the morning were not the clothing she wore in the evening. And then the clothing she wore in the evening, she kept a special calendar, clothing to seduce Joseph, and she never duplicated them. Amarlo, she said, yield to me. Give in, lay with me. She said, you won't sleep with me? I'm going to put you in prison. Yosef said, Hashem, you can't put me in prison. God frees the bound. Behold, I will bend your proud stature. 
Joseph said, I'm not afraid of you. Hashem zokif kafufim. Hashem straightens the bent. I'm going to blind your eyes. Hashem Hashem gives sight to the blind. Then she tries to pay him off. This is the Gemara in Yuba. I'm at a base. She says, fine, I'll give you a thousand pieces of silver. Just sleep with me. To yield to her. Don't why watch the Torah. Look what our Abbas had to deal with. Look what we have to deal with. Look at their tenacity. We should be inspired to have tenacity. Okay, I presume that no one here, I hope, please, God, finds himself in the position of Yosef Tzadik. But we have to choose what our eyes watch and choose to see from the society in which we live. I don't know different levels. Everyone's on their own level. A person has to think to themselves, if this is what I'm watching, whether it's on the movie screen, or the people still even go to the movies, everything's available on their handheld. What I choose to watch, is this appropriate for a Torah yet? What I choose to read, is it appropriate for a Torah yet? Today, everything, where's the nation's potifar? It goes into print. Everything goes into some sort of Netflix movie. I'm not joking. There's two kinds of enemies. Rav Itamar Schwartz in the Sefer Bulvavi Mishkan Evana teaches inside every person is every biblical personality. It means we all have an Asia's Potifar inside of us. I'll pay you off. Lay with me. Be with me. He didn't want to listen to her. She said, please lay with me in this world. But if you lay with her in this world, the Yosimal Olam Haba. Do I thought to be your portion of eternity? The famous Bad Diyoknasha Avivinirislo Bakalon is from Sota Lamadvav 36b. Named Sa Yosef Mikhayas Arvashim. We find that Yosef obligates the wicked. In other words, a person will not be able to say in Shemaim, I wasn't able to keep the Torah. A person will not be able to say in Shemaim, I wasn't able to do the mitzvos. Because the Kashbarhu will say you didn't have a bigger Yatsahar. A bigger temptation than Yosef at Sadiq. Kishlev, 25th word in the Chomesh is R. Because there's a lot of Tovavavavah in our world. <laughs> and there is a lot of Tumah. And there's a lot of Choshech al Pinetoham. And it's our task to derive, pay attention to what the Torah is teaching us. Look at the Avos with whom we journey through this month. Look at Yosef who we learn about, specifically on Hanukkah. We have to have great tenacity of spirit to overcome all of our enemies and to remember, I'll just tell you something very cool as we end our shir. Yosef and Yavan have the same letters. Yod, Vav, Non. Almost the same letters. Now I really don't get confused because I said that. Yod, Vav, Non. Yod, Vav, Samech, Pei. Nun is nefila, yod, vav, nun. Nun is nefila, because what Yavan wants is that we should fall, 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 fall. Once you fall so far, you can't rise up again. But Yosef, yod, vav, he almost fell. Sota 36b, which we don't have time to go through, he almost fell. But then Samech, so Hashem, no flim. He ran outside, so Hashem said, I will support all those to fall. And his, his name ends with a pay. Because he was able to rise up from the fila, he became the He was the one whose hand was open to sustain all living beings. Yodvav non nefila, he almost fell, so to 36b, Rashi alludes to the Yodvav samich, he ran outside. 
And therefore, Hashem says, Hashem I will support you because you ran outside. Which is exactly what he says in the Gemara. Hashem will strain the band. And because of that, he was to the final letter of his name. Hashem opens his hand. But Yosef was given the choice of opening his hand and sustaining all the being. And the climax, Yosef and Zion are the same in Gematria. Because Zion is also the letters of Yavan. I love Torah. No, I literally love Torah. Literally. Zion and Yosef are the same in Gematria. Because Zion is also the letters of Yavan. But it has a tzaddik in front. Yosef is the tzaddik who turns Yavan into Tzion. And brought Kedusha back to Amisra, Eretzusha. Until the Hashmanim came in, they found that little Pach Shemen that Yaakov fought so valiantly for. They lit the menorah. There was only enough for one day. Should be Zohar to say this Hanukkah, the true fulfillment of just like you made unbelievable Gavaldic miracles for our forefathers in those days. Please bring us to Yeshua in our day and our time. I thank you so much. I thank Andrew Shulman for inviting me. I look forward to seeing you. We're going to learn in person in Baltimore. All new Shear, please join us. Please let your friends know. And I look forward to seeing you then. Call to and thank you to all. Basura's talk. Wonderful. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. We will see you, God willing, Mate Shabbos. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Have a great night, everybody. You too. Uh, just oh. another. Rebetzin Goldberger is not teaching tomorrow. I, we will get an email in 10 minutes about that. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.